Welcome to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. This is your host, Jazz Bear, and today's guest is Nathan Hirsich. Now, Nathan is an entrepreneur and an expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He's also the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted freelancers in e-commerce, digital marketing, and much more. He has sold over $30 million online and regularly appears on leading podcasts such as Entrepreneurs on Fire. He speaks at live events about online hiring tactics. In this episode, we talk about why it's uh, useful to outsource, you know, how it helps you expand and scale your business quickly and do the things that you want to do and and leave the rest because you're only good at doing certain things and you want to outsource as early as possible so you can focus on the things that you want to do. And also, how do you and where do you find the right people? So let's welcome Nathan. Thank you so much for connecting, Nathan. How's your day been so far? Doing great, man. Really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, day's good. What about you? It's been, it's been a busy day. My mornings usually start at five o'clock. So yeah, it's been a long day. But I was looking very looking forward to this. Just kind of before we begin and you know, get into, uh, we usually like to know who the guest is and you know, what their kind of backstory is. Tell us a little bit about your service, freeup.com, uh, what it does and yeah, I mean, I'm a, a long-time e-commerce seller. I started in 2008 um, selling textbooks out of my college dorm room. And I got a cease and desist letter from my college telling me to knock it off and stop competing with them. So I pivoted a little bit and I created this Amazon business selling baby products. And I really got to baby products through trial and error. I tried everything from sporting equipment to video games to computers. Eventually, the only thing I get to sell were these baby products. And I was 2021, 20, really tough hiring people in person when you're that young. And I, I quickly learned that college kids, not very reliable and no 30 year old wanted to work for me. So I went to the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fivers, and made some pretty good hires, some people that are still with me today. But I also made some bad hires and I really hated the process of posting a job, getting 50 people to apply, interviewing them one by one. Even if you find someone that you like, if they quit on you, you start that process all over again. So I kept looking and looking for something faster, something better. And when I couldn't find it, I built it myself. And I really tried to take everything that I liked about all the other platforms and change everything that I didn't like. So with FreeUp, we get thousands of applicants every week. These are virtual assistants, freelancers, agencies from all over the world. We vet them top 1% based on skill, attitude, and communication, get onto our platform, and then we make them available to people quickly whenever they need them. You create a free account, you put in a request, we fill that request within a business day, usually faster. If you like the person, you can hire them, negotiate rate, agree to fix price, the freelancers set their own rates. And if you don't like them, you can always request more options or click pass and provide us feedback and we'll get you more people based on that feedback. So the front part is quick and efficient. And the back part, we have 24 seven support in case people have even the smallest issue and a no turnover guarantee. If someone quits for any reason, we cover replacement costs and get them a new person right away. So that's really what we're all about, the pre-vetting, the speed, the customer service, and the protection. And again, I really try to build the marketplace based on what I wanted back in the day when I was hired for my Amazon business. Awesome. So, I mean, in, in terms of if somebody has an issue with a product or a service, wouldn't it have been easier uh, to just send some feedback to Upwork or uh, what's the other one, Fiverr.com or one of, those, one of those other services. What was it that really kind of, you couldn't find anywhere else 
and that you have to go, you know what, well, they're not going to do anything about it. Perhaps I am going to build something. To me, so the customer service is great. I'm all about support. The, the no turnover guarantee is awesome. Turnover kills businesses. The pre-vetting is great, obviously, that not having to go through bad applicants. But to me, it's the time. As an entrepreneur, time is everything. You can always make more money. You can never get your time back. So if I need a graphic designer, if I need a website today, if I need a customer service rep or a virtual assistant, I don't want to wait two weeks to, to get them. I need them right now. So I think that's the real thing that's missing where with us, people put in a request. We, we say a business day, but we're usually much faster. We have clients who get started with their person within hours or minutes of putting in their request. And they know we've already vetted them. They know that there's an issue. We have their back on the back end. And to me, it's that time factor where you can get highly talented people quickly. And, and what, was, what was that journey like, you know, um, doing what you were doing and then and building this huge company now? Um, you are growing very fast and congratulations for winning the favorite Amazon service provider 2019. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I got free up out there as a minimum viable product. I spent $5,000. I actually put $5,000 in a bank account. I didn't even spend that much on this very basic software. So clients could log in, freelancers could log in, they could see each other and that, that was really it. You could see what freelancers you hired and the freelancer could see their rate and the client could see their rate and that was it. It, didn't, it had no other features and oh, you could start time and, and end time and, and all that. So all the billing was separate. When, when clients wanted to request a freelancer, they would call me, text me, shoot me an email. We, would, we would, didn't even have a ticketing system where it was keeping track of requests. We would put them in a Google Doc and and fill them and, and mark them results. So really the most basic software imaginable. And we just got it to market. And we started t contacting Amazon sellers. I came from the Amazon space, so it seemed like a, a pretty good place to start. And we started offering them this Rolodex of freelancers that I had used for my Amazon business. That's really where the initial freelancer in the platform started from. I, I had people over the past seven years selling on Amazon that I had used for VA work or graphic design or all this different stuff on and off. And and I said, hey, what if I get you clients? We'll take a percentage. This is what I'm thinking about building. They were all in. They were like semi-clients. And, and so I started offering them to these people. And I created a referral program, which is probably one of the best business decisions I ever made. I said, hey, anyone that you refer to us, you're going to get 50 cents for every hour that we build to them forever. And again, this wasn't in our software. So we had to calculate that at the end of every month. So we, we had all these awesome freelancers. People would email me requests. We'd put it in. If they wanted to hire them, they would email us saying, hey, add them to my account. We'd manually put them in. They could use the software to keep track of time. Every Thursday, we would go through and, and, and see all the time and manually build people and charge their cards. And that was the basic foundation of the platform. Well, people really liked the, the customer service. They really liked the freelancers. They didn't really like our software very much, but they took our, our referral program and they started telling other people about it. And it was honestly very humbling. I mean, I, I remember talking to a client and they were like, hey, I was at this conference in Japan and this one person was telling everyone about FreeUp. And I was like, that's awesome. I've never been to Japan and people are talking about my company. So from there, I mean, once we started getting clients and revenue stream, we obviously invested in our software and made it so clients could submit requests and there's a ticketing system and the billings and the software. And we added all these other features like you can set hourly limits and pause and unpause. And we really, within a year and a half, we had migrated from what I thought was going to be this like freelancer marketplace thing to really a software company. I mean, the software is the core of the entire business and it's kind of been an adventure once we started to look at ourselves as a software company and invest in 
developers and quality assurance and testing and actually using software project management tools like Jira to figure out, hey, here are 10 projects we want to do. Here's how we're going to prioritize them. Here are due dates and, and really focusing on that. Then the rest of the business came together and we started expanding into other markets, um, e-commerce, marketing, real estate, stuff like that. Right, and and you're obviously a co-founder of the of the company. Um, and and how did your partnership came along? And did you know each other from before? So Connor was one of my first hires in my Amazon business <laughs> ten years ago. Um, so I, I hit the jackpot because I had no hiring process whatsoever. Connor was in my business law class, and I posted a job on Facebook saying, "Hey, I need someone for my business." Didn't really put much information because I was very secretive back then. I didn't want anyone to know what I was doing. And he messaged me, he says, I don't know what you do, I need a job. Didn't even interview him, just hired him on the spot. Ended up being an amazing hire, hardworking, smart, worked for me as an employee for a few years, eventually made him a business partner. He moved from, um, he was living in New York, but he went to school in Connecticut. We moved to Florida together, ended up opening up an office, getting rid of that. That was one of the, the worst business decisions I ever made. And with the Amazon business, we picked out about 5 million, we, we stayed in around like 2 to 3 million. And we both wanted to do something else. We, we didn't know what it was. We didn't see ourselves just going in circles with Amazon for the next 20 years. We didn't have our own products or our own patents or our own trademarks. We were selling other people's products. So lots of competition, lots of going in circles. And he started his, his own blog and another business. I started FreeUp. I said, hey, like if you want to be like part owner of FreeUp, if you can commit 20 hours a week, you'll join FreeUp and do that 20 hours a week. You can still work on the Amazon business, your own business. He had a blog too, which wasn't really a business, but he was doing that as a passion project. So he started off 20 hours a week with FreeUp. Well, FreeUp surpassed all of our expectations. It kind of blows up and really quick, he, he comes to me and he says, hey, um, it, it's funny. So we're sitting at a coffee shop and I thought he was going to tell me that he was like leaving FreeUp to go do something else. And he sits down, he's like, Nate, I've got some like, I had some big news. He's like, I've decided that, that if you'll let me out, I, I want to come on to free up full time and, and like stop working on my other businesses. And I was like, of course, I thought he was going to leave me and I, I didn't want him to. <laughs> of course, you can come on it. And so he's been the business partner with free up um, full time ever since then. But really, he was a minority partner before that. And, and the two of you were the coders that actually built the whole website or was you more around the idea and then someone else did the coding and followed the instructions? Definitely not. Neither of us know how to code. Okay. <laughs> um, working with developers is something that we've learned to do over time. I, I, I'm sure you've worked with developers before. It's, it's not easy. You think like a business, they think like a developer and trying to get that communication together is, is hard. So we have a developer, Russell, who we took from our Amazon business. We actually just added him on full time like recently in the past few weeks, but he's been part time with us since we started. He had another job um, working for Disney and Universal and, and a bank in, in Seattle. So we're, we're now even more focused to, to building our software. We're excited to have Russell on um, as well. But Connor deals with the developers. He deals with Russell. And we also have a few developers in India that we got on the free up platform. Um, and I kind of stay away from the developers as much as possible. That's not, we, we all try to play to our strengths and, and working with developers is definitely not my strength. How do you make sure or how do you, sleep at night knowing that now you're not coding yourself. It's your idea that it's not going to go out. It's going to get leaked out or it's not going to be exposed before it's built. How do you kind of contain that? So security wise, 
not that we can't get hacked, now that stuff can't happen, but we don't really store any like confidential information. We don't store like social security numbers. We don't store payment information. That's all in a third party processor through Stripe. So even though a client like puts in their credit card in our software, it's an API with Stripe. So we never even touch that. It just goes right to Stripe. Um, and like client personal information, we really just have like their email and their phone number. And obviously we want to keep that secure and we don't want to leak that out there. But if, if someone email gets out there, that sounds as big of a deal as their payment information and the social security number. So there's only so much that can actually get leaked out there. If you're talking more about the projects, I mean, at some point you got to just trust people, right? I mean, I've worked with Russell for years, so there's a little backstory there. But when we hire a new developer, of course, it's a little bit scary. I mean, you have to go in trusting someone and you do the best to, to vet them. Luckily, we kind of get to pick the 1% of the 1%, right? Because we, we offer all these freelance to our clients. When we want to hire someone, we're a client of our own platform. We have a client account. We post a job. People apply. We interview them. We hire them. We add them to our account. We get billed just like every other client. So there is that element of trust. I think giving people like limited access and having them prove themselves over time is good too. And it's really all about relationships. I mean, I've had people that have quit on me. I've had people that um, I fired and I didn't want to hurt them. They didn't want to hurt me. And, and that's because we built that relationship. So there's no like foolproof. If you do this, there's nothing's ever going to happen to you. There's always a chance, but the average freelancer, the average virtual assistant, the average agency cares a lot more about their reputation and providing for their family and growing their freelance business than they do about stealing or jeopardizing your information in any way. And then it becomes out, it comes down to building that relationship. And you know, in terms of now, internet being internet, where now we have, we have access to the global world, how do we make sure like with things like, um, you mentioned there's a, there's a, there's a, you have to trust people at some point, there's so much you can do. Who's, when we go across the board, like if you hire someone in Philippines or South Africa, how do you now know that you can be confident enough knowing that, you know, these persons, if, if they're in your own country, you can probably perhaps, you know, give them an NDA that they can sign. But if they're in another country, that may not apply. Again, goes for other information. All of that, I mean, not, not just your business, I'm tackling that as an, you know, um, as an industry. The good part is, yeah, we can have access to all this talent around the world now, cheaply, perhaps much better, higher quality, all of that kind of stuff. But on the other side of it, you know, how do we make sure the ideas don't get leaked and all of that? How do you think as an industry, as moving forward, all these platforms, how do you kind of tackle that? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the first way I tackle it is, I don't know if there's any stat that says like, hey, if you hire someone internationally, there's a higher percent risk than US. I mean, I know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs and I know entrepreneurs that have been hurt by hiring US people. And it wasn't because they were US or non-US or one background or, or one age or, or anything like that. It's it just, there are certain people out there that make bad decisions that, that do that. And I think, I think, I would even argue that if you go to third world countries where the opportunities to work with a client such as yourself or me or other, other larger businesses out there aren't there every day and the alternatives are call centers and, and lots of traffic and, and not great jobs, that they're even more motivated to keep their job and keep their clients safe. So I don't know which one's more risky. Again, as an entrepreneur, it's all about minimizing risk. You're never going to get that risk to zero. So you have to come up with, hey, how do I figure out exactly what I'm looking for? How do I create a good vetting process that once someone gets through it, I'm 
confident that they're not going to do anything bad and that they're going to be a good hire? How do I set expectations? How do I test them and not just throw everything at them at once and, and hope it works out? How do I give feedback? How do I communicate? How do I lead and, and build relationships? And you can't really focus on all the things you can't control. You have to focus on the stuff you can control, which is all the stuff I just mentioned. And nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, 999 times out of 1,000, if you do those things properly, no one's going to do something. And if someone does, you have protocols in place to, to fix it and to, to move on and to hopefully learn a lesson and improve your process going forward. Awesome. Good answer. <laughs> are you secretly hoping or are you worried or... Um... Or, or do you want this to happen? You know, a company does really well. You start up, you do really well, which you have done. And then your biggest competitor comes along and offers you or tries to buy you out. Or has any of that happened to you? Or, or you wish that happens? Or I don't, I don't concern myself with that. I mean, if, listen, I'm a business owner. If someone comes to me with an offer, I'm going to hear them out. I'm going to weigh the options. And I'm going to make a business decision. And from my side, I want to make sure that if I do end up selling it, whether it's tomorrow, in a year, in 20 years, I want to sell it to someone who's going to do right by, by this legacy of free up, that's going to treat clients the same way, that's going to have that same vision, that's going to grow it and scale it and, and treat the freelancers well and treat the clients well and, and, and stay in course with, with why we built free up to begin with. And I, I think that would probably, and I'm speaking hypothetically here, that would probably steer me away from the, the private equity firms and, and the people like that and more towards hopefully someone like me, but maybe someone who has experience taking businesses to $100 million because I've never done that. And so once you get to a certain point, you're playing with uncharted territory. So then the decision, and again, I don't have an answer to this decision, but the decision becomes, do you take an investor? Do you take a, a mentor? Do you get another business partner to kind of bridge the gap there? Do you take that buyout and sell it to someone else who's going to do it? And those are all tough decisions that you kind of have to weigh those options going forward. And I do think that not every entrepreneur can grow a business to 200 million. Like there's some limit to what kind of business I am capable of running. I don't know if it's, if it's 20 million, 100 million, 500 million. At some point, there's someone else who's better equipped to run that business and you should definitely be open to it. But I, it's not something I'm like hoping or praying for every day or, or anything like that. It's I'm focused on growing free up. I'm focused on taking care of the clients and the freelancers and making good business decisions now. And all that other stuff is going to take care of itself in the future. Does that scare you or does it excite you? You knowing that, you know, the way you're going now, you're doing really well. Um, and it's now you've superseded your previous Amazon business. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. So yeah, does that yeah. kind of scare you or do you day to day go, Whew, now is the next one, the next one, the next one. <laughs> and, and how does that feel? It's funny. So Connor and I have very different personalities. He's, he's calm, cool, collective. I'm like, high energy. I'm, I'm a little bit more pessimistic, not in, not in the sense of like, my life is terrible. I hate everything. I'm very appreciative. I'm super happy every single day. More of like, I'm always like worried something will go wrong. And I think that's what makes me a good entrepreneur because I'm kind of like seeing things before they happen. Something like external threat, internal threat, like issue we need to solve. And I probably make it a, like a bigger deal than it actually is. But when that happens, it kind of gets everyone's attention on my team to like fix that issue and address it as quick as possible. So I kind of think it's a good thing, although it's probably not that great for my stress levels in general. So yeah, I mean, there's a certain level of responsibility. When I was running my Amazon business, who was counting on me? Like my internal team, my manufacturers maybe, and, and like my bank account and my business partner. Like 
There, weren't, there wasn't a ton of responsibility there. And with FreeUp, I've got thousands of clients from all over the world who their dream, their business, their baby is a lot of times depending at least in part to the freelancers on the platform. And then on the flip side, we paid out six plus million dollars to, to freelancers last year. These are people who are depending on that to grow their freelance business, provide for their family, whatever it is. And there, there is some pressure there. So I think I kind of turn that pressure into a good thing. Like if I'm showing up for my fourth podcast of the day and I'm a little bit tired, I'm thinking to myself, man, I got all these freelancers that we're adding to the platform that are depending on me to hopefully spread the word about free up and get more users and get more engagement. And, and they're depending on me for projects and jobs. So I kind of look at that as a challenge and a motivation. I don't think it's something that I'm just like waking up 20 times a night, like just sweating like, that I can't believe. But um, of course, I mean, every entrepreneur, like if you're not a little bit scared, a little bit nervous, if you're not, if you're not getting rejected and having issues, then, then you're probably not, not pushing yourself to, to your limits. What's been some of your biggest insights so far? Insights into? Into just running a business and, you know, really getting a sense of the market. You know, it's a fast, especially technology is just fast moving and, you know, a feature that may, might take you a little bit of time to add or think about or, you know, put that together. Whereas a bigger company might be able to go, boom, you know, put that out very quick, but doesn't mean they can do it as efficiently and as well. So, so how does that kind of your insights been on that? My mindset is I can't compete with Upwork and Fiverr on marketing. I can't compete with Upwork and Fiverr on development. I can compete with them on customer service. No matter how big they get, I can always compete with them on customer service. So for me, that, that's the focus of the business. And whenever we add more people to the internal team or we get more clients and build hours go up or we add more freelancers or we change a system or we change a process, I always try to keep everyone's mindset in how are we improving the customer service experience? Because the second that that starts to get worse and worse month after month, that's a path that's tough to recover from. So we're trying to make sure everything we add is, is making it better overall and that we're still providing 24-7 support to clients and freelancers and that my internal team has enough training that they know how to handle different situations, especially when I'm not around. So to me, that's my focus. And I think a lot of listeners can apply that to whatever their business is. If it's real estate, if it's a marketing agency, Amazon seller, if you can maximize that customer service, you can compete with other people on anything else. It's all about the personal touch and then customer service. And, and what's, where is FreeUp going next? What's your main next big goal? What, where is the company going? Where are you guys going next? So our goal has been 20,000 build hours for a while now. We, we just surpassed like 18,000, a little bit higher. Um, so that's our goal. I mean, ne next year we want to hit 20 million in revenue. That, that's a goal for us. Um, we also want to get into different categories. So we started in the Amazon space, branched down to e-commerce. Those, I won't say they're easy, but I mean, I, I started in that space. So I knew some people there. I had a little bit of an in. In the past year and a half, we've gone in the marketing space. I don't know. I didn't know anyone in the marketing space. I wasn't a marketer. And now we're pretty well known in the market, in marketing space. Although I'll say with the Amazon space, we, we probably work with most of the tier one to three influencers, the, the Scott Volkers, the Ben Cummings, um, people like that. Whereas in the marketing space, if the, uh, if the top 1% or the top tier one influencers are like Ezra Firestone and um, Gary Vee, like, we're probably working with the tier three, four, five. So we've got a little bit of work to go to, to get more and more known in the marketing space. But we're also going to branch into other spaces too, real estate, software, different businesses that you can't market to everyone when you're a small business like us. You have to pick and choose. So we go after marketing, we go after e-commerce, and 
we get referrals into other spaces, but we're not actively going after them. But as we get bigger, as we get more of a game plan, more of a marketing budget, stuff like that, we're going to slowly expand into other industries as well. Awesome. And, and for people that, uh, you know, thank you for the, uh, you know, code you send me, I've, I've used, I've logged in and I'm, I'm going to start using your services very soon. I posted a few jobs. I found it very simple and easy to, you know, set up and logging. And yeah, I'm pretty, so far, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Thank In you. terms of people that are not, haven't used this service at the moment and been using other services, I know how painful using Upwork can be sometimes, as great as it is. Um, so far, personally, I've been very impressed with, with FreeUp. For people that don't know or haven't used this service, how easy is it, would you say, is to log in, set up, and, and how can they quickly, you know, there is times you need someone pretty much very quickly. How's, how would you say they can get there and log in and get themselves set up? How long does that process take? Yeah, it takes 30 seconds to create an account. It takes another minute to submit a request. And then from there, you sit back and we introduce you to someone and you can meet with them, interview them, and you can click hire right away and get started. I mean, we try to make it as easy as possible. Now, of course, there's other factors there. If you submit a request on a Friday night, maybe it takes a little longer to get matched with someone. If you submit a request and we introduce you to two people and they're not available for the next four hours because they have whatever, like there's going to be, maybe you're not available for the next four hours. Like there's different factors in there. But from our side, we try to make it as simple as possible to create an account, put in a request, meet people, get more options if you need it. If you have even the smallest issue, then you can contact us live chat, um, Skype, email, like we're always there. So we want to make it as easy as possible. And you don't even have to submit a request. We have an assistant who can call you that can take your order over the phone. We have a free up menu that if you don't want to type out a request, you can go there and we list the most popular like generic posts that we get. So you can be like, hey, I want a number 22, but I need them 20 hours a week and instead of 40 and make it super simple. You can email us and we'll create the request for you. So we'll, everyone, everyone runs their business a different way. Everyone has different things they prefer, whether it's Slack or Skype or email. And we try to just make it as easy as possible for you to submit that request and meet people. And if you want us to connect you with them on Skype or have them email you at a certain email or a certain time, if you let us know, we're happy to, to pass that message along and uh, make it easy for you. Awesome. Now, we're coming towards the end of the show. And um, how can people find you, connect with you, and yeah, ask you questions. Yeah, so join my Facebook group, Outsourcing Masters. We post a lot of great content about hiring virtual assistants, hiring freelancers. Go to freeup.com with three E's. Create an account, mention this podcast, get a $25 credit to try us out. Again, free to sign up, no monthly fees, no minimums. It's in our best interest to get you people you like that actually help you grow your business. And uh, you can use that credit. And then the top of the site is my calendar, my team's calendar. You can meet with me, you can meet with one of my assistants and and they're rock stars and we're there to answer any questions you have. Awesome. So if you missed that, so that's $25 off um, your first order. So uh, yeah, make sure you use that. I'll, I'll we'll put the link in the episode description so you can use that and the link to the website as well. And just before we go, just a message to people that are starting their business and, you know, will, you know, panic and struggle. How am I going to do all of this? You know, how am I going to build a website and do this and do that? What message would you give them? Yeah, you can't do it all yourself. I mean, the average entrepreneur is only good at one to three core competencies. You got to figure out what that is. Is it, is it finance? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it content? Is it customer service? Figure out what you're good at and hire people for the other stuff. That's how all the great entrepreneurs do it. There's very few $1 million a year solo entrepreneurs out there. It really doesn't exist. And at some point, you're going to have to hire and delegate. So you might as well start getting better at it now because you're only going to get better at it with practice. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Nathan. Thank you. 
thank you for listening to another episode of only the brave have fun i hope you got some great value and insights from this episode and if you're someone who wants to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur then i have some great free resources for you if you visit www.jazbearaurora.com that's www.jazbearaurora.com and drop me a line i will send you a ebook and also a one hour masterclass and also um, go and take the escape the 95 survey uh, which will help you understand where you are right now um, and where the gaps are in your knowledge to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur and if you're a business and you need help growing or if you have any uh, issues that you'd like to discuss then yeah once again visit the website and i'll be more than happy to help you thank you for listening